left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. What is going on, Bakers? Welcome back to Wake and Jake. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Monday, September 19th. How about it? Week two of the football season. Double home run race going on in baseball. That's crazy. The more and more I've thought about it, going to dig into some of the some of the 700 homer stuff, obviously judge a little bit, and what you need to know about these final couple weeks of the race is mid-Sox playing the Guardians. Uh, season on the line there for one of the only other potential races of this season. On the YouTube, we're doing the two shows again, so make sure you check out both of them. Podcast app, it should be your normal flavor of the week. And we're going to start out doing... The football and what we learned this week. Big week for New York sports. But as per usual, we like Cron potting it. And we started out Thursday night, Chiefs Chargers uh, in Arrowhead. Chargers came out. They were up 10-7. to They were kind of dominating the game. But guess what? Uh, in today's NFL, if you're dominating the game and you're not up three scores... You're kind of in a bad spot. Uh, we've learned that the first two weeks. It's kind, it's crazy. And it feels like especially in football, and like, yeah, sure, it's the case in every sport, when you feel you've outplayed them so much and you're only up whatever, or somehow it's tied, or like the, all of a sudden you're as good as you did, you feel like you're in a very bad spot. And it's funny, I guess baseball in this way is the only sport missing the boat that, you know, NFL offenses have gone through the roof. Uh, NBA offenses have gone through the roof. That you always see, like, biggest comeback in team history or largest fourth quarter comeback or, you know, the Golden State came back from down 25. The Chiefs in this game, they end up winning 27-24. to 24. Uh, They took control of this game. This was the Herbert injured game uh, where he had, if you haven't seen it, go find it. Herbert on a third down, his ribs were just destroyed. He had a, uh, a third down third and one game on the line to, to keep it going. Uh, and he just threw the ball away instead of like, he could have taken two yards and slid and he, he would have been fine. He didn't have that in him. And it was kind of like, Whoa, should you be out there, dude? We got some chase Daniel handoff. We love that. He throws a dime. The next pass. Uh, he is impressive. I thought it was funny. The after shout out to Carissa Thompson who who was hosting the the Thursday night on Amazon. Bezos in the house, my guy. How about that shot of him and Goodell? A couple fan it faves. Great. It was great. Um, I was just you know my brain runs a little slow. You guys already know, but him being him being there in the building for the Amazon game, I didn't connect that dot. Till like the third quarter, I was just like, oh, like wealthy guys getting together. And then I was like, Bezos is clearly there because it's the Amazon game, Jake. Um, Chris Thompson after the game asked, which team do we learn more about? And I said, ooh, that's a fun sports question, right? Uh, 
And I think the answers I agreed with the most were the Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs are 2-0. and uh, They beat the Chargers. You know, division rival, up-and-coming team, such a talented team, supposedly even getting better. Uh, the Chiefs are still very much the Chiefs. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. They lost Tyreek Hill. That was kind of everyone's biggest question, right? Would would Tyreek Hill being out change the way they played offense? I think it has, and, and there's an argument that it's more productive, right? Instead of always kind of hoping or looking for that Tyreek deep ball game-changing play, uh, it seems like they are running that fearful Chiefs offense. The running game is working for them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 9.3 yards per rush on eight carries. Uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, how many guys had catches in this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine guys had catches. The only guy that scares you is really Travis Kelsey. Um, although the other tight end, Watson, looked really good on his catches. Uh, we learned, and this is where it, I end up walking in circles a little bit, the Chargers are still the Chargers. I, I mean, they have this uber-talented team. They have this, you know, the futuristic go-for-it-on-fourth-down coach who, by the way, didn't go for it on fourth down a lot, and he was getting called out by the media. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. We thought there was a chance of fall-off. That's basically been washed out. They are going to be Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback to play this game. He's obviously got to do a lot more, but he's on that trajectory. Herbert, as much as I love him, and he's awesome, and they, I think they had some, like, nine of the top 100 players in the NFL come from the Chargers. They aren't there. They just aren't there. Uh, you can't mention them with the elite teams until they prove it at this point. Um, so... Let's see where these teams end up in a few more weeks. Let's see how Herbert is affected by the injuries because he was really hurting to get up and down the field. Uh, Chargers, I mean, they have the Jags at home, which maybe that can be some good medicine. Texans, Browns. So, I mean, Jaguars, Texans, Browns. We could very, very easily still be talking about a 4-1 and one Chargers team going into the Broncos in Week 5 there. But as of now, Kansas City uh, remains. They are who we thought. They were. Sunday's games. How about New York sports? The Jets, dead. The CJ Uzama, Chris Rose Bowl, dinner on the line. Chris Rose was starting to write up his order and what he wanted to eat, and my goodness, now he is going to pay for it. The Jets come out of nowhere, a game that they were done. It was over. If Nick Chubb runs out the ball and doesn't go into that end zone, clock runs out, game over, Cleveland wins. He does not do that. He runs into the end zone, and you say, fine. You go up 30-17. to 17, There's a minute 55 left. Who cares? I mean, the Jets and Joe Flacco, you think that's going to change it? It did. Uh Two-play drive to score a touchdown. Two passes from Flacco, the big one to Corey Davis for 66 yards. And then they get the onside kick. And then Flacco drives the boys down, obviously. And Garrett Wilson, Ohio State kid looks like a stud, was getting very open, was getting Joe Flacco open, if you don't mind me being rude for a second. 
And so they go for two. Or no, excuse me. They kicked the extra point because they were down 13. It's 31 to 30. Two Browns plays later, intercepted. That's the game. Jets take one from the mouth, the mouth of victory, the mouth of defeat. What's Jaws. Jaws. Jaws they of defeat. victory from the jaws of defeat. Got there. Uh, I can only imagine the New York riders who were getting ready to kill Salah. They were definitely already writing up their pieces. Oh, Coach Salah wants me to keep the receipts. Well, how about you keep the receipt on this one? You lost to the Browns. They did it. Somehow, some way, they are one and one. Flacco. This is where the NFL is getting ridiculous. Look at his stat line: three oh seven, four touchdowns, no picks. That used to not happen. Uh, Nick Chubb with a three touchdown rushing game. Uh, Jets, they get to breathe for a week. And Brownies, uh, Chris Rose mentioned it in our preview show, they have to get out to a big start uh, with the, where their schedule goes to end the year and waiting for Watson to get back. This one hurts. I think we would have been talking about the 2-0 and o Browns. It would have been a very real, like, hey, when they get Watson back, do we need to talk about this team? Jets embarrass them at the party a little bit. And speaking of, the New York football Giants play the most New York football Giants game you've ever seen. Uh, the first half was six field, or excuse me, was four field goals that were all in the 30-yard range. I mean, that's as brutal as a football game as you can watch. Uh, and then they come back. Each team gets their touchdown in the third. And how about Graham Gano? Uh, the Giants kicker getting a lot of love today, including the game-winning, was it 53? I think that was it. 56-yard 50, field goal from Graham Gano. Yes. Um, Giants win. This is what everyone had been talking about. If they could win that first game, their schedule looks pretty easy. I mean, right now, Baker Mayfield uh, and the Panthers, as they drop 0-2, um, their season is not where they want it to be. The Giants are a 2-0 football team. I just saw a tweet today that is, are they the worst 2-0 football team ever? So that's a fun conversation. <laughs> and guess what? Giants fans do not care um, because they have been waiting for this kind of start since 2016. They play the Cowboys. How about them? 8-15 game. Is that the Monday? or the, I think that's Monday. the Monday night football game with yeah. a chance to go 3-0 and against the Cowboys and their backup quarterback... Although, how about them Cowboys? Uh, Cowboys, Bears, and then they play the Packers at Lambeau. That's the 930 game. Are they going across the pond for that? Yes. Holy smoke. So, I mean, funny business season. Giants fans, go listen to Talking Giants and enjoy it mostly because it's been a while since we've been here, huh? Uh, but they win again. Uh, Danny Jones, the line isn't impressive again, but it's enough. Uh, they beat a lowly Panthers team, and they are 2-0, which not a lot of NFL teams can say, including the Washington Commanders, who had their big uh, comeback victory last week. The Lions, they roll up on them. Uh, they go up 22 to nothing, and then just like that, it's 22-15. to Like I said, in today's NFL, you better be up three scores. Otherwise... You're not safe from anyone. You are not safe from any football team. I, at the my dramatic take would be like it's not good for the NFL. Like how you know we had every week we now have four teams that dominate a first half and then they blow the game. We haven't gotten a Ravens Dolphins yet, uh, mm. Vegas and the Cardinals. 
The Lions, I'm happy for them, man. They are fun. They are a good watch. Amon Ross St. Brown is a star. Uh, he's uh, he's racking up fantasy points, two receiving touchdowns, 116 with two carries for 68 yards. Uh, this was a high-scoring game. I think we promised you this would be a high-scoring game. I think any Lions game is going to be pretty nuts. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, their first uh, draft pick, he had like three or four sacks in this one. He's He can become a guy guy. I love it. The Lions are entertaining. They might be respectable, which again, uh, kind of, how about the Cleveland Browns? We talked about it last year, getting to that point where you don't treat them like the Cleveland Browns. Detroit Lions are one of the worst franchises in sports, and right now they've got some good juice. Coming off hard knocks, the coach that you wouldn't think would succeed in Dan Campbell. You see a lot of those tough guys over the top guys that at you know, end of the day you can end up looking foolish. They rolled on the Commanders. Commanders showed some NFL fight, but I don't, I don't think you'd do anything with that because any NFL team does that these days. Um, Buccaneers... They beat the Saints. This was an ugly game until the fourth quarter. We're 3-3 three to three going into the fourth. Uh, we get a nice little scrum on the field. Like, I, like we talked about last episode, these teams do not like each other. Uh, it's a sneaky rivalry in the sports. Brady and the Bucks had been 0-4 against New Orleans in the regular season. They beat the Saints uh, in the postseason. Uh, I mean, the stat lines on this page, I mean, this looks like a 90s football game. Uh, Jameis with one touchdown, three picks. Tom Brady only throws for a buck 90. The running backs, nobody got north of 65 yards. We had a good brawl on the field. I think John Boy's making the breakdown. Get ready for that. Uh, like we said, there's history here. Lattimore, Mike Evans comes in and pops him. Always cool that Brady's just, just not scared of... He's kind of... You know when you see a baseball brawl and there's only going to be one or two swings before, like, it's just a full-blown melee? Tom Brady kind of knows, like, if he's involved in anything, a lineman or a sprinting Mike Evans is going to be there instantly. So Brady talks that shit, and I guess good on him for it. Uh, Bucks win 2-0. and Okay, they play the Packers next week. That's your 4 o'clock game. Him and Rodgers. Rodgers' interview after the game wasn't about the Bears. It was about playing Brady next week. Thought that was funny. Uh, and yeah, your two veteran quarterbacks are going to link up. Saints, yeah. I mean, this, uh, this game has some Jameis Winston on it in your new New Orleans Saints. Um, Bucks. Patriots-Steelers, ugly. Uh, ugly. Patriots end up winning 17-14. Steelers end up making it look close at the end. They score the touchdown. They go for two. Both of these teams, man, I mean, the Steelers without T.J. Watt right now, he's kind of a, a huge part of what makes that defense special. The Patriots, we talked about who is their best player. Um, I don't know. The, the catch Nelson Aguilar made was really nasty. It was kind of a bad throw by Mac Jones and probably should have been knocked down or interception. He got mossed. Uh, really good catch by him. Aguilar, 110 receiving yards and that touchdown, 44 yards on the one play. Pittsburgh, I, I just don't know. I mean, what's your offense? Uh, Najee Harris doesn't have anywhere to run, and then it's Trubisky through the air. I still like their receivers. I mean, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Pickens, 
Fryermuth. Uh, you got some good options there. But yeah. Uh, and then you got a you know, muffed punt that led to the Patriots TD, and that's that's all she wrote. So these are two teams playing ugly football, and you kind of got an ugly football score. The Jaguars, one of the wins from this week, uh, with one of the losses from this week. They beat the Colts. Colts are 0-1-1 now. Reminder, they tied the Texans. Uh, Matty Ice is on watch. He looks bad. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, your number one pick in fantasy, he doesn't have a good week this week as they get shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. And like what we said, there is a recipe for this team to be okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's stat line looks fine. Matt Ryan's doesn't. Zero TDs, three picks. That's awful. Jonathan Taylor only gets nine carries in this game because they were trailing 17-0 at halftime. I mean, you still got to find a way to give him the ball. Christian Kirk got paid a ton of money, a guy that you were like, all right, he was he was on the field for the Cardinals, and he was a weapon, but he, he got paid real wide receiver money. Two touchdowns, six catches, 78 yards. Uh, and like, we, like we're saying, getting back to a place of respectability – uh, whether you are the Lions or the Jacksonville Jaguars, they win 24 nothing. If they didn't blow that Commanders game, they could be 2-0. Still not exciting. James Robinson, the running back, he feels like a guy. He's had a couple nice weeks now. Everyone thought Etienne was going to be the special guy out of that backfield. They've got some options. How about Evan Ingram, BBD? Your guy, seven catches for 46 yards. Finding second life in Jacksonville. Breakout's finally here. So, uh, are the Jags something? I don't know. I mean, Lawrence would have to take some serious steps. I know our, our guy Bobby Skinner and Penix still really aren't big fans of him. But you shut out the Colts. You could have won last week. Uh, like we said, they're going to the Chargers. That's brutal. And then the Eagles, people love them. But, I mean, in that division, Texans, Colts, you can outplay them. They've got the Giants on the schedule, Lions, Titans. I mean, Titans. I mean, I guess for a couple years now, I kind of thought the Titans were a good team, but maybe that division is just in an awful spot. Awful spot. Uh, Colts on serious uh-oh watch. Serious uh-oh watch. Dolphins, Ravens, like I said, make sure you're up three scores, and maybe it's not enough. The Ravens were up 28-7. to it also should have been more. They had a goal line touchdown overturned. Dolphins drove back on that drive to score one to give them their score and keep it at 28-7. to And then, I mean, talk about a fourth quarter from hell. I mean, this looked like pure Lamar. He was dicing them up. His stat line is still video game stuff. Lamar goes nine carries, 119 yards, a touchdown. Through the air, 318, three touchdowns, no picks. But Tua... A guy, I'm I'm not a two a guy. Maybe he's gonna prove me fully wrong this year. The Dolphins are two and zero. Oh. They get a huge win on the road. Tua throws th- four hundred sixty nine yards, six touchdowns. They have two receivers, Tyree Kill and Waddle. Buck seventy one through the air and a buck ninety through the air. They each have two touchdowns. <sighs> I'm not buying into the Dolphins at all. I'm not. Uh, if you can and you want to, I will be stubborn in it. I bet against them in this game. Uh, I lost the bet, and that's fine. 
I mean, hey, there's something to be said. Their last four drives ended in touchdowns. Or their last five? Every? Yeah. Yeah, so it's very impressive. I, again, I don't know what to do with the NFL currently, and if you're giving up three touchdown leads that easily against what's supposed to be a really good team. The problem with the Ravens was supposed to be their wide receivers. That w- That's what we heard. Rashad Bateman has another massive day. Uh, Mark Andrews, you almost have to factor him in as a receiver for them because he's one of the best tight ends for the le- in the league. They each have 100-plus games. I'm not buying it. If, if, if you still want Dolphin stock, I'll sell it to you cheap. I am not into it. Uh, I'm not a Tua guy. And maybe I'm going to look really foolish because his stat line at the end of the day was six touchdowns, 469 yards. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just not for me yet. That, I think, was all the early slate. Let me see. What else did I, think I miss? so. My, and uh, we got Bucks Saints. Yeah, so... Anything... What else did we learn in the early slate? No, so then we go to the afternoon slate... Rams, they hold off the Falcons. Again, the final score of this game is not representative of what the game felt like. Uh, Rams were up 21-3. to Final score is 31-27. I mean, maybe it's these teams being filled with hope at the end of the year. Maybe D coordinators need to be more aggressive at the end of games because it just... If you have two of these games a week, it feels awesome. Like, that's what you're supposed to go to the water cooler and be like, the two games this week that we should be talking about should be Cardinals-Raiders and that comeback, and then we should be talking about the Dolphins. But instead, you could point to just too many games. Uh, The Rams get scared by the Falcons. Uh, Good bounce back for the Rams. They they needed to look good or they would have been on uh uh-oh watch after they got dominated by the Bills. They go and face the Cardinals next week, which is a, a really good one-in-one matchup after the Cardinals have their mm. miraculous comeback. Rams are the Rams. Cam Akers uh, actually gets some touches this week but doesn't do a ton with them. That's, that matters to some fantasy people. Cooper Cup is that dude. I guess so is Drake London. That's a name you should know. He was the first wide receiver off the board this year. He has a big day for Atlanta. Rams... Should have been more comfortable of a victory. Final score ends up in a very different place, like a lot of these games. Niners, this is a big one. This is one that you have to circle from the weekend. They roll on the Seahawks 27-7. to One of the first plays of the game, Trey Lance goes down, and it's over at a broken leg. I don't know if we have, like, the injury, yeah. but he's having surgery and the season's done, so... And this on the, one, this, on the ankle. this was my lock, Niners minus eight and a half on the JM Pick'em League that we were doing because it made sense. The Seahawks were coming off of their Super Bowl trying to beat Russell Wilson on the, on the, the big stage in Seattle. They go to the Niners, who lost a loser bowl game to the Bears in the rain. And yeah, it flips. Jimmy G, hey, it's a good thing they didn't trade him, right? That's... Not to toot my own horn, but in the Chris Rose preview show, it's like, you know, Jimmy G's a pretty good insurance policy. Not a lot of teams have that. And they roll. This is a dominant 
Niners win. There is no none of the comeback. You thought there might be. Seahawks only touchdown, block field goal. Hmm. And you're like, okay, momentum. Does this change anything? It doesn't. Uh, Niners win. A Niners-esque game that we're used to. Jimmy G, 13 for 21, one touchdown, no pick. Yep. Uh, they pound the ball, 45 rushing attempts. You know, that's what Shanahan's good at coaching. Uh, I know, I guess they felt there was a cap on that and Trey Lance could get them to another level. If you're the Niners, you got to win and you got a W in the column. There's no discussion, right? Because Trey Lance is going to be out. So That's nice. I don't know. Uh, they're back to being the Niners who, you know, NFC Championship game last year. It almost, I feel like they are more of a threat again. I don't know. Kind of ruined to trade Lance because we didn't see what he was. But um, one of your bigger surprises this weekend, eat it, Bobby Skinner. He was just going to bet against the Cowboys till it did him wrong. It did him wrong. 17-3 to lead in the first half. Bengals tried to turn it on and come back. And they do, by the way. <laughs> your final is 20-17. to um, Cooper Rush. Does enough in this one, uh, especially to end the game. The Bengals do come back. They tie it at 17s. Like I said, this is the NFL. Get used to it. 17-3 game, 17 up. They go on a drive uh, to end the game. CeeDee Lamb with a catch in there. Um, Man, Brown for the Cowboys. Gets a ton of targets. That matters to you in the fantasy world. Maher hits the 50-yard field goal. Cowboys get a win without Dak. And the Bengals are 0-2. Uh-oh. Mm. Rut-row, Bengals. That offensive line. They said they addressed it. Hasn't looked good. They lose to the Steelers and the Cowboys. Two teams that... And maybe Cowboys pre-Dak injury had yeah. some expectations. No one expected anything this week. They go at the Jets. Um... Bengals, yikes. Cardinals, Raiders, pure chaos. Uh, like I said, and I, I talk about in a not exciting way, but it is it is exciting. I mean, Las Vegas was up 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. And they end up losing this game. Uh, they lose it on a fumble return for a touchdown as they are driving into Arizona territory. Hunter Renfro, oh no, buddy. Going to be a tough week for him in the film room. Two fumbles, that last one lost to lose the game. Cardinals should be on butthurt watch. They're stinking. Kyler, what's going on? Cliff, what's going on? Instead, you're a sad Raiders team that's 0-2. You know, that Chargers game we talked about last week, they... I don't know. Chargers kind of wanted it more, and I think they have a chance to be the better team. Las Vegas, that AFC West, you're 0-2. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do with that. Uh, Cardinals, I mean, just get a miracle game. If God, go up three-plus scores or don't because you're going to get caught. That's the NFL. My Broncos play as ugly a game as you can play. I'm not excited. I'm horrified against the Texas. They do enough to win the game. Thank God if they were on 0-2, uh, like I've talked about their end of the schedule for so long. I said last week Hackett's coaching could only get better. 
I don't know, did it? Because uh, they were in <laughs> they were in an awful game with the Texans. They had that web that Twitter account that tracks punts and like scared punts. They had like the most scared punt in NFL history. And this is the guy that took the 64-yard field goal to end the other game. So my guy Hackett, we got to find a middle area, buddy. Because <laughs> right now that's not working. Hey, it's a win. They play the Niners next week in prime time. Uh, we're very nervous about that. And then the Packers roll over the Bears because that's what they do. Uh, you don't really need to analyze that one. Uh, 27 to 10. Yep. Rodgers beats the Bears again. Played how you thought it would. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I guess Aaron Jones. Like, it's crazy. I, I love both of their running backs, and I think a lot of people do, whether it's fantasy, A.J. Dillon. I guess he got a bunch of touches in this game, too, but Aaron Jones, yeah. man. I love A.J. Dillon, and it's tough to look at Aaron Jones and not give that guy the ball a lot. <laughs> a lot. So, uh, we got the two night games tonight. We've got the Bills, the Bills hosting the Titans, who they've got a really good chance to go to 0-2 in that division we just talked about. That's going to be hideous. Uh, and then Eagles-Vikings, the two sexy teams everybody likes. One of them will be 2-0, and one of them will ask a lot of questions about because that's how the NFL works. Uh, all right. That's your NFL recap. Let's talk baseball. The baseball. We have the dual home run race going on. You already know if you listen to Talking Yanks, Talking Baseball, Judge, he hits two more on Sunday. 58 and 59. His next homer is going to be 6 0. That'll tie Babe Ruth. Uh, by the way, the way he's performing this year, uh, weighted runs created plus. That's how, a good way to measure you against the rest of the league. He is having a Ruthian season. He's in the 200s, uh, which basically means he's contributing the amount of two regular players. Uh, and again, that whole, you know, if someone talks down about Babe Ruth, they say Ruth played against plumbers, right? That's part yeah. of the argument. Judge isn't. So he's doing Ruth stuff, not playing against plumbers. So what do you do with that? Uh, <laughs> and now the new debate is... Kind of the what's more impressive between Pujols and Judge. And the, the I'd say the 70-30 answer, 70% would be Judge because uh, he's beating the 61. We talked about the steroid guys. Uh, Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, all the numbers that beat 61 happened in the steroids time frame. So if you take that out, which baseball has, they just haven't admitted to because they're not in the Hall of Fame. That was, they uh, act like it never happened. I was having a nice conversation with uh, my Jessica yesterday and going through it, and she was like, so the Hall of Fame doesn't acknowledge it? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. They don't acknowledge those guys. Like the record book, yes, that's updated, yeah. but they refuse to put the people in. And by the way, I, a fun baseball tidbit was Maris's 61 used to have an asterisk against it because it was... The old uh, regular the season, played. like when Ruth hit 60, it was 154-game season. Maris didn't hit the 61st till after game 154. Right. So baseball, this sport that has a love-hate <laughs> relationship with the asterisk, we'll see what happens next because Judge is going to break it. The Yankees have a six-game homestand coming up. 
I think he's going to break it in the homestand, uh, which is just ridiculous. Which yes. is just ridiculous. Within the 154. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, nine games to get to 61 within 154, and then, like, everyone, that's enough to be like, oh, that's the record now, even and, if he doesn't hit another one. And the next three homers are incremental, incrementally cooler, 60, 61, 62. Obviously, you have 60, which is just, we love a unique number, and it ties Ruth, which, Yankee world, that'll always speak. Ties to Babe Ruth, round numbers, just 60 homer seasons are people, few and far between. People secretly hate Maris still. I don't know. Uh, we just love Ruth. 61 will tie the record, so you have it. Uh, but in America, we love a winner, and 62 will be that. Uh, again, this guy, the way he's playing, and he's been so consistent all year, you know, he can hit a homer in his first at-bat. Tomorrow, and I wouldn't not be shocked, which means then he would have three at-bats or so against the Pittsburgh Pirates to try to tie the record on a Tuesday night. We are doing a stream at Yes on Wednesday. We're doing the alt-cast. Come join us. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then they have four against the Red Sox, and neither of these teams are playing for nothing crazy at this point. The Red Sox would love to get to 500 or something. Uh, Pittsburgh would love to not lose 100 games. That's about it. They should be pitching to Aaron Judge. And yeah, I. in the next two days, we come back and talk to you Wednesday. Well, he'd have to have a really big night. Um, let's see what happens. And, and like I said, the debate has now turned into what's more impressive, Pujols or Judge. People are obviously leaning Judge for everything I just said. The Pujols thing, I don't think should get ignored like it is. Uh, or that 30%. I think it's closer to a 50-50 conversation than a lot of people are leading on uh, because it's the new age of baseball. Uh, the home run leaders, Barry Bonds technically has it with 762. Again, not respected by the Hall of Fame hmm. because of steroids. And look at the second half of his career and look how many home runs he was hitting at an older age. Uh, so I'm sorry. Like, I just not going not gonna to happen. It's not the record. It's not. Not the one people care about. Henry Aaron, kind of the record. 755. Um, you know, he did it for so long. Go look at his baseball reference. Uh, from ages 20 to 30, he hit 366 home runs. From 31 to age 42. So, again, he played till he was 42. Which, you know, Albert's doing now, and if you want that, he hits another 389. So it's pretty balanced. You know, he he hit close to 400 homers each decade uh, that you can basically play baseball in with a couple kicker points. Albert Pujols, he has the most home runs off the most pitchers. We've talked about that because the way we use bullpens and relievers now. So that is impressive itself. I asked Trevor, is there an argument that Albert Pujols is the best hitter ever? He said, you can't come at me with that just out of the blue, dog, because that's something people <laughs> take very seriously. I said, you're right, Trev. Let's look at the guys around him. Babe Ruth, he's Babe Ruth. He's always going to be a legend in his own way. Like we said, the guy changed the game. The short porch in right field helped playing against plumbers, like we just talked about. Uh, 714, <laughs> you know, a lot of people viewed that as their home run record. A lot of those people were also kind of racist, so... Yeah. We're uh, we're out on them. Also, like I mean, 
literally, you know, Babe Ruth never played against a black person. Right. Like, There's ha- that like half side of people of were not eligible to play also baseball. Like, we, we just let stuff go in the past because we're like, Babe Ruth is old. It's like, he's it's kind of like Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Like, what, 100-point game's cool, dude. You clearly weren't playing in today's NBA because that's, a team would stop that. A team would say, no, sir, you're not going to score 100 points on us. Just how it, just how it works. So look at the guys around him. Albert Pujols, who's up to 698. When he hits his next home run, he is going to be on 700 watch. <laughs> That's insane. By the way, not to derail us, I sure. was looking, I was, I was on the baseball subreddit. That somebody put a thread, Pujols, like first go around in, in St. Louis. He had some homers in games that got rained out before the fifth. Uh, so they, they went away. Mm. So he would, he had two of those, and in the makeup game, he didn't homer. Damn. So he technically has hit 700 regular season homers, as is he has like 20 postseason homers, too. But I hate that. That feels like a bar trivia so it, question. So if he I doesn't get like. there, that becomes too important for me. Yeah. But. Maybe we just add those in baseball, be better. Uh, Albert Pulos is at 698. Okay, sure. Alex Rodriguez, 696, not acknowledged by baseball. Steroids. Uh, Willie Mays, one regarded as one of the best baseball players of all time. Defense, offense, all around. Same with the cat under him, Ken Griffey Jr. with 630. Um, all around, and again, a lot of those are early in his career. He got injured a lot and isn't accused in any of the steroid stuff. He is in the Hall of Fame. So, when we're talking best hitters ever, I mean, the next tier below it, uh, Jim Tomei kind of gets disrespected by time, 612 yeah. home runs. <laughs> He's in nobody's, like, all-time starting lineup or anything like that. Uh, Jim Tomei, pretty nasty. Good for you. He's just, like, one of the early, Yeah, I guess he just DH'd a lot before people started to be, like, totally cool with that. A DH, and he just did it for a long time. Like yeah, he, um, his last... His 2006 to 2012, so it's like his final six years, did not play the field. Also an OBP guy before it was super cool. I mean, a career 400 on base percentage. Jim Tomei's all time. Um, But yeah, I guess, you know, is he your all-time DH? I guess it becomes part of the conversation. Dude, Trev played with him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Tomei, like, knows Trev and their friends. Uh, Frank Robinson, you know, a guy respected as one of the all-time greats, but again, he's... A little so long ago that no one from our generation, like if you start talking all-time greats, you don't really get to Frank Robinson. Mark McGuire, steroids, not acknowledged by the Hall. Uh, and then you're getting into Harmon Killebrew. Like, again, just from yesteryear that the kids, none black, of the kids. Guys in black and white. None of the kids in our office are, are giving you great Harmon Killebrew arguments. I mean, even after that, Rafael Palmero, steroids, Steroid. Manny Ramirez. Steroids, even though I I respect suspended. him as a incredible all time hitter, um, then you're getting Mike Schmidt, Mickey Mantle, Poppies in that area. So the point being, we're in the 500s for home runs now with some of these guys: the Willie McCoveys, Ted Williams, Jimmy Fox. Okay, Albert Pujols is going seven bills on us. Um. That I do think, and so think about it, we're using more pitchers. Pitchers are harder to mm-hmm. hit than ever. I know we're trying to hit more home runs, but you can't really use that argument. Everyone's, everyone's kind of trying to hit a home run, hmm. it's, and it's really hard to do. Albert Pujols has a really good shot at 700. Uh, I think they're neck and neck. 
Uh, I think there's an argument to have one season and hit more than 61 is harder than it's going to be to hit 700 the rest of the way with how good pitching is. Who's on track for 700? Currently nobody. But kind of if you get one or two big injuries in your career, like you're... you're it's toast. almost instantly out. Like, like Stanton has had some injuries in the COVID year and everything, like... Like he's, it took him like off 500 watch. Stanton, might get there, Stanton but. and Trout are chasing 500. Trout has 346 career home runs. Pretty impressive. And maybe there's a thick daddy, healthy version of Trout that keeps throwing up 30 bombs. And hey, Henry Aaron, you know, that was, I don't want to say one of the critiques on him, but he just, towards the second half of his career, he just kept having consistent. Like his. But the, like, fun fact about him is, like, oh, never had a 50-homer year. Right. It's just between 35 and 45, like, every year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The last nine years, which include his age 42 and 41 season, he averaged 30 homers a year. So if Trout's got that in him, that's how you start accumulating, and and maybe Trout can chase a six. I don't see him ever coming close to seven. I mean, he was never – he's never led the league in home runs, right? I think that was Jimmy's fun fact before the season. Yeah. So after them, and I mean, Stanton right now can barely stay on the field. I, I hope we get a couple more 40 home run seasons from him because he still can, but... I think he'll he'll approach 500. No one's scared about six. Um, Goldschmidt up there. Yeah. Looks Aaron, like he can get, get to four. Aaron Nato might be able to give it a scare. Freddie Freeman, not really. Bryce Harper, he's yeah. at 284, you know... I think Bryce Harper's on 500 watch. Yeah, he'll... I think everyone wants him to get to five. Manny Machado, I know we don't think of him as the home run hitter Harper is. He's at 280. Harper's at 284. So, you know, you're talking about... You're talking about guys that are going to attack 500 if they're healthy and they stay good for the next seven years at least. Like late career Manny becomes a little beefier and chases the moves over to first base and he's still hitting dingers. Sure. He gets that up to being more of a 30-homer-a-year guy, sacrifice some some doubles. The uh, the one guy I want to look into, because obviously uh, talent and time becomes the, the bigger part of this equation, is our guy Juan Soto, right? It's it's We talk about this guy being so special. He came up at 19. You have, ni- you have 22 homers as a 19-year-old. That gets you off on the right foot. Juan Soto has 123 home runs. Uh, he is 23 years old. He turns 24 in October. So, I mean, are we going to talk about Juan Soto having 200 homers at age 25? Which, okay, so then 25 to 30, let's say he copies and pastes that. You're at 400 by age 30. That's kind of that special area. That's that Hank Aaron realm. Um, and again, we're assuming health. We're assuming who knows what team he ends on. San Diego, currently not the best place to hit home runs. Uh, traditionally never been a great power-hitting ballpark. Uh, would he ever come to the Yanks? Where does his free agency end up taking him when it happens? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Juan Soto is the only guy, and so now I, I really need you to buckle into this because I, I, you'd probably expect me to be banging the table. Aaron Judge breaking the 61 record, right? Like... What we're watching is special, and it is, and it's unique. I think it might be more impressive about the 700 in this day and age, day and age in baseball. Juan Soto 
would have to be basically as good as he is for the next 15 years to come after this. Now, this is putting down the fact that maybe he has a peak that's above what he is now. And, you know, but then that would also be acknowledging there's a chance that look at Albert Pujols after age 30. His numbers and trajectory changed a lot. He was still racking up some home runs. The homers were still largely there. In the 20s, pretty much every year, I think a, a 30 or two. Juan Soto is essentially our only hope at chasing down 700. A guy who, when you talk best power hitters in the league, I don't know where if he comes up. His career, as far as pure power. His career high in home runs is 34. Yeah. His second year in the league. Um, this year, he might get 30. He might not. Yeah, he the way he plays, there's a lot of like he is what makes him so special. Is he he'll take his walk and commands the zone so well, but that doesn't translate to hitting the most homers he can. We're assuming health. Um, you know, with San Diego, this isn't shots fired. It's a 38 game sample. He's got a 7.52 OPS. That's I actually I wish I didn't say that because I don't care at all. He's Juan Soto. He's a stud. Just homer this weekend, so maybe he's about to roll. What Pujols is doing to do it when the next time. to do it for a career, I think you could argue is just as impressive as Judge's season, and I think that's a little hot takey, and I understand why. Um, but you know, Judge is not going to. He can't. He literally cannot get to seven hundred home runs. He would Started have to. He'd have to what? Start hitting sixty a year for the next four. He need yeah. He needs like a <laughs> like then, a run of fifty homer years. And then how impressive would that make this season? I don't know. Like there's every year you could see someone get to sixty. Like it's the next guy threatening to get to like the six hundreds is, I guess Harper, and even then he's had some injuries and whatever. But he plays in a good ballpark. All that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean Soto and and down a little bit. I think Bryce Korea. can give us hell for six. I mean, like you said, the Phillies ballpark. Uh, I know this year he missed a little bit of time, but most all healthy. things considered, he he played a lot during that, and when he's played, he's still been really good. Um, yeah, especially if they coming into moving this year, forward will DH him a lot. Coming into this year, his health had been incredible, and uh, he's he's Bryce Harper, so. Yeah. Had a couple early years with some injuries that that cost right. him. He had a stigma to him. A it's it's, it's kind of out the window now. Um, it's fine by me. I think Bryce could give us a six scare, but again, that's still a hundred home runs. That's three thirty-three home run seasons away. Um, you know, four twenty-five homer seasons. Which I maybe Bryce is that guy. Maybe ages thirty-nine to forty-three, Bryce Harper wants to be that dude. You know, hitting 25 homers, but all of your other stats are down and you're a lesser version of yourself, and are you healthy during those times? I don't know. Um, but coming from a Yankee fan who's who's obviously crazy in this, I've, I've got tickets to every game I can go to coming up because it is history. Uh, pool should be appreciated the same way because I guess every year there's a chance of someone Given the home run record of scare, there's not an annual chance. Like, say Juan Soto goes on to have a, a 
a Hall of Fame career, but there's a which he probably will. But there's a couple injuries, and and maybe at the end he fades out or he stops playing at age like 36 because he's already made 500 million dollars and he's kind of good, and his play's declining, yeah. and he he's, he's rather got a not. World Series. He's yeah. Then I don't think we're talking about anyone approaching this for blank amount of years. The only other one I've. I see on here that's worth the, the conversation around is Ronald Acuna, still 24, uh, five years and getting close to buck 20. So he needs to roll when he's already had some injury stuff, but uh, like only other guy you can start half dreaming about. And a case in point here between injuries, it, Ronald Acuna played half a season last year. He's going to play probably a buck 20 games this year. And he might only hit 15 home runs this year. So you start throwing a few of those in the occasion, and it throws off the whole math. It throws off the whole math. So appreciate what Albert was. Appreciate what Albert is. And appreciate what 700 might mean, because we say this a lot in sports. We're like, oh, you might never see this again. And then a lot of times we do. There's only a couple you really say it. Like Cal Ripken's Iron Man. No way. No way. No one will get to the halfway mark again. The one I'm super interested in that probably doesn't happen again, the hit streak. I don't know. I just feel like pitchers would like lock them and stuff. Like you'd have like an 0 for 2 with a walk and that's it. I think nowadays people are too nice. I think so. Because there were teams that during DiMaggio said like, oh, I'm just going to walk them four times. And he... And you had to actually intentionally walk. And there's like one of those games that DiMaggio hit the one. Right. It's like a pitch out. People should mention Vladdy's name in the home run thing. 23. Crazy young. He's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Punch already. Um, sure. Sure. Get going, kid. I, I guess the point would be, I think every five years, you could name a couple kids that are like, Ooh, starting to hit threaten. the ball. And then, you know. <laughs> Bryce Harper, Mike Trout. We probably could have mentioned that we would have been saying their name five years ago. And now we're saying like, yeah, 500's in play and six if they do a lot of work. Seven just doesn't come in play, man. Uh, so L- literally, if Albert does it, he'll be the fourth ever. So Fourth ever. Hank Aaron is kind of a freak show. Yeah. Uh, Bonds, freak show for all the wrong reasons. And then Babe Ruth, the guy that's internationally known as the Babe. Like, there's a reason he's known that way. So, the uh, there's one that, that's gotten me a little bit. When Rod on, on K-Rod was talking about his uh, mistakes and all that, with the Tatis times, that somehow for the first time it, it got sort of brought up, like, man, if he didn't get suspended, he's past Ruth. Like, I don't know how much close that brings him, but the year he came yeah. back, he popped 30. Yeah. Get no, I mean... 25-er, you passed Ruth. That's got to that's gotta kill him. I know we treat A-Rod as, as a joke sometimes, and sometimes he does that to himself, but... Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, you know, sometimes we joke around about A-Rod's demons and wanting people, you know, bringing himself up. It's because if you threw that stuff out... We should be talking about him all the time. All of the time. 
And there's these little things that, like, I mean, even, like, not staying at shortstop hurts him. Yeah, good. But he did that to be, like, good guy. Yeah, that, like, is a good guy move. And, like, I, I will do this for the team. And, like... It's um, potentially extended as prime. I'm sure there are people that were like, yeah, you know, moving to third base is something that a lot of shortstops have to do. So this could just be the start of it. It's um, one of my new favorite phrases was when you put everything in the pot, doesn't make sense. And it does with a rod uh, with hints of sadness and hints of how incredible he was at this stupid game. Like they're, I don't know if the kids will remember, but like, Growing up, watching A-Rod, one, he was the best. Like, he was the best player, and he was lauded, even if he was kind of kind of an asshole. Like, he was lauded as, which was also kind of unfair. Like, we just talked about the moving to third base was kind of a good guy move. But, like, he was he's going to be the clean home run guy. Yeah. Like, everyone was so excited about that, and it was, like, foregone conclusion he's going to get there. And, like, he was going to, like, save us from Bonds having the record. And then uh, just all didn't happen. Yeah. Then it all did not happen. Um, Bakers, thank you guys. Last episode was the first time we did the split. Uh, so we got comments on both. I thank you. By the way, the Mid Sox play the Guardians this week. Three games, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's kind of their last stand to make the AL Central something. Soto and those Padres... They're trying to hold off the Brewers uh, while the Mets and Braves still still do their divisional race. Everything else is is locked up outside of seating, so I am rooting uh, for the Mid Sox because I'd, I'd like a little something else to chew on going in the final weeks. Guys, we're up to 699 subs on the Wake and Jake channel. Thank you guys so much. Um, I ask you, uh, I guess if one more of you maybe subscribes, that would be great. Um we talked a little bit on one of them. We talked about Judge will break the home run record and how cool that is. Just brought Albert into the equation more. Uh, I'll say this. Rob Hotz, you commented, missed the chat. I think we all do. I think we all do. But um, sometimes you have to play the great game. Um, and uh, I think Aunt Max saying this in a, in a good way is I care. I only use YouTube for podcasts. So maybe... You, you can have your more focused topics if there's something you like or don't like. Um, Martin said Judge, Judge also a Giants fan growing up, right? Uh, so he would say Bonds is the home run record leader. I thought that was interesting. Like I don't, I don't know yeah. how diehard Giants A's Aaron Judge was growing up. Like um, I, I remember, I think people talked about like there's a picture of him in college in a Red Sox shirt, right? Which I mean, you, I think you can wear other shirts and still be a fan of whatever but i i don't know i don't yeah. know where it lands yeah uh either way cj cable gustavo a uh, bunch of comments thank you guys appreciate you guys adjusting to what needs to be adjusted i think um row of the night nathaniel hackett like i said um no i think uh i think we'll wrap it I think we'll wrap it. We got to go. Kind of got to go. We love. Love. We love. Um, Check out everything on John Boy Media. Uh, Pinstripe Strong and Talking Yanks. The playoff talks are getting 
uh, serious with roster and everything like that. Talking Giants, they're 2-0. Pretty unreal. There's ever a time to get on board. Pretty unreal. I'm thinking about getting more on board. Wink Martindale, there's my bro of the night. John Boy Jake TV, those GeoGuessr God guys in baggage. Shea Station. As they Don't enter the final two and a half weeks. Chris Rose rotation. Tyler Glass now back. Love that. Yes. Tony Clark last week. Last breakdowns. Thank you guys. We love you guys talking baseball in a little bit. We'll see you Wednesday. Excited for that. And that'll be two weeks out. Wow. Playoffs? Playoffs?